0: Our sponsor today is none other than our Patreon members. You folks are bringing swords and HEMA to listeners worldwide, so thank you. To support our work and receive exclusive benefits, visit patreon.com forward slash swordwomen. Welcome to Buy the Sword where we discuss the modern study of historical European martial arts, or HEMA, with instructors, experts and martial artists from all over the world. In this episode, I speak to Spencer Waddell, the multi-talented martial artist behind the Wandering Sword Project. We talk about his myriad interests in historical Asian, European, and African martial arts and spreading the word about swords all over the world. The episode was recorded on Instagram Live, 7th November 2021. Hello! Hello! Hello. (laughs) So, Spencer Waddell, also known as Simply Samurai, welcome to the show!
1: Thank you for having me so much, Fran. I really appreciate it.
0: You're very welcome. So, um, I've been looking forward to speaking to you for a long, long time. I'm always following your adventures. So, I've got to ask, how did you get into swords?
1: (sighs) And once again, thank you so much for following me and I've been following you. So it's been so interesting to see your journey. Uh, So when I first got into swords, it was here in the US, uh, the Society of Creative Anachronism. That's the first thing that got me into swordplay. And I was over in Germany at the time, actually. Uh, I'm prior Air Force. So I was working at Ramstein Air Force Base. And my best friend, since we knew each other since we were like eight, he started doing the SCA. And he's like, man, you need to come check out this bamboo stick fighting whenever you come back to the States. And I was like, oh, cool. Not knowing that that stays all over the world too, so I could have probably done it in Germany. Yeah. But that's when I first got my taste, and from then it's just, yeah, the sky's the limit.
0: Excellent. Um, yeah. So you are like I call this. In I call you. This is just me personally. I call you the sword. <laughs> you're the sword avatar because you do. Uh-
1: high praise thank you
0: (laughs) you do everything like you do you do s i didn't know you did that sca jsa Mm. hema hama uh boha Um, Mm -hmm. i think you do like reenactment and stuff like that as well so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know you've got a very unique perspective because you've got like you you have you know your fingers and so many different pies. I don't. I don't know how you do it, all quite frankly. But testing, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, the, the thing I learned about when I sort of got into swords was that people are very kind of like tribal in terms of like I do this, I do that. You know, even within yeah. Hema, even within HEMA, people are like I'm a longsword fencer, I'm a rapier fencer. <laughs> but you just with all of that, and you just do everything. So you know, I really want to know like your you on on the whole community being a part of every camp what's it like
1: Uh well oh i think someone said they're going to unite all the sword nations <laughs> i'm not gonna lie that's kind of been growing up as a kid and i know it was, sorry it's a long story like growing up as a kid i always wanted everyone to be friends and then you learn that some people just can't be friends and then you meet that one person and you're like i don't know why i don't like them but i'm gonna be nice to them but that's what you get. And once I got into sword stuff, I was like, I like it all. I started off doing karate as, like, an eight-year-old. I did all these other things there. And that's when I found the SA later in my adult life. And I kept on doing um, Shonen Ru, kept on doing Hungar Kung Fu, a lot of other different martial arts. And then once I found the sword martial arts, I was like, ooh, I want to learn them all. And a lot of people, the first thing they tell you is like, well, you'll be a master, what is it, jack of all trades, master of none, and then it goes something there's, the saying goes farther than that. Look it up. I, yeah. I don't have it memorized.
0: Jack of all trades, master of none, but Jack of all trades is better than
1: uh one. Better than one. Yes. Thank yeah. you so much. So I want to be Jack of all trades, master of some, yeah. um, because it's okay to say that you don't know everything because it's impossible. Yeah. But once I, I found, so I love samurai culture. I mean, I don't know if you can see in this, my little samurai armor back cool. there. Yeah, thank you. But I love samurai culture. And after I started getting into more, like, research, I when I thought about Yasuke the African Samurai, I was like, whoa, this guy was from Africa, yet yeah, he got all the way to Japan, so the world doesn't exist in a bubble. So I can learn all the sword stuff if I want to. Yeah. You just have to take your time, slowly, like, put down charts, right? Like, I kid you not, like, where I'm like, where am I going this time? Where am I doing this? And you just slowly go. And going through so many different martial arts, it sucks because I have no black belts. Um, I have close to black belts, but I'd either run out of money or out of time. So I get close and maybe I'd have black belt knowledge, but I was never able to test in multiple studies. So one day I want to go back and get at least one. Ooh. But every time you start over, you're a white belt again, right? Yeah. And some people don't like that. And some people don't like that. They can't humble themselves. They can't be like, oh, I got to learn. So you have to take all the things you learn, put it in a little box, and then go to the next thing.
0: Yeah.
1: And then you take it back out because it's not going to apply. And I guess the big thing—I know this is a big die try, but right. treat well thank you—treat <laughs> all sorts of sports equally. When you get people, um, and it's all sports, right? Like I remember when I first started the FCA, like people were super awesome. My great foundation—I know now people all over the world, definitely in the United States, I could probably call someone that would know someone, and let me sleep on their couch because they know me from SCA. and they're like, okay. "He won't steal your things or burn down your house." So I'm like, "Sweet." Um, <laughs> But I remember hearing some people be like, well, when the LARPers want to graduate and play the SCA, that's cool. And I'm like, that's not nice. It's not a graduation because I know a lot of LARPers that if you gave them a rattan stick without any training, they'll kick your butt. Or vice versa with them both sides. So then it's like the foam stuff, lightsaber fighting. I just want to unite people to be like, hey, find your sword religion, right? I don't care what it is. Uh, just have fun doing swords. But, uh, yeah, I want to do it all. And just, like, not poorly, but the best that I can do, and then whatever I get to, great.
0: You you really are the sword avatar, aren't you? You just want to bring everyone oh. together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll try, and then if not,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, and then the Fire Nation will attack, and we'll just be like, hey, Fire Nation, come on. Oh. But, uh... So, uh, one of
0: the things that you oh. are involved in that I wanna know more about
1: is the Wandering Sword Project. Oh, thank you thank you for asking. So I appreciate you giving me the shameless plug so I can show my cool Wandering Sword sign that I got from uh, their custom design works, their local group to me. And they're like, hey, we wanna make you a sign. We can do it this way, so it's really cool. So the Wandering Sword Project is a non-for-profit that myself, my friend KFP Quest, or yeah, kfp quest uh, he's on instagram too and my other friend douglas santiago who got me into the sca oh. started and it all started during the pandemic or like really kind of the beginning when people were starting to lock down my friend kyle and some of the people were like hey you want to come move some rocks for a friend we're doing landscaping and get paid so that's the most anime thing i've ever heard i'm like you want me to come do gym work and get paid yes i'm <laughs> oh, in um so we were doing that and I was talking to Kyle and I'm like, man, I want to create the Jeet Kune Do swords. So like Bruce Lee's, I want to encompass all the swords or just show that the human body is the same. And all this is the weapons and culture. And he's like, that's a great idea. He's a project manager. So he's like, let's call it the wandering sword. Pro- or I said like the wandering sword initiative or something. We're trying to do like sword Avengers. I don't know. And he's like, let's call it the project. Cause everybody can work on a project. Even though if you're not a part of my company or my business, you, you yourself, Bran, are part of the whole sort project. Because, well, exactly, you're a friend of the wandering sort. We're all working on this together. Yay. So that's when we created that. And it's just exploded from there. Like, <laughs> Oh, I don't have my little box. But on my little Pelican case where I travel with, uh, I put a little sticker. So it's like a traveling sticker. And granted COVID and everything was really rough this time, and we're trying to travel responsibly, but now I'm starting to turn this into somewhat of a living slash more of an experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, like, I think on there, Colorado, I have Atlanta, Georgia, I have New York, I have Dallas, Texas, and I'm putting stickers wherever I fight. Wherever I go and fight or teach, I put a sticker on. So I made it to nine states this year. And I want to get to all 50 states in the United States, but then I also want to do every, every country's hard. If I say every continent minus Antarctica, right? Maybe I'll go (laughs) fight a penguin. Wait, are the penguins, I forget which one. There's one, it's the one that has no polar bears. Either way, I'll fight. Yes, so I don't want to fight a polar bear, but if I like look at one, maybe wave a sword at it or go talk to a penguin, but I want to go everywhere and teach sword at least once, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, if not... Not knock on wood, die trying, right? But we're all going to try to pass on what we learn to other people. And it's not about me. It's about teaching that the young sword girl or sword boy that they can do this and they don't have to go through the path that we did. Not that it's like all doom and gloom. Um, I just remember as a kid fighting in the backyard with sticks. Now there's foam swords or other sword classes. I'm like, oh, if I had that, who knows what would happen? Ooh. So. Long story short, the Wandering Sword Project is a not-for-profit teaching people about, about swords all over the world. And we're slowly starting to pick up some more steam.
0: So it's just you and a couple of pals, uh, mm-hmm. just the three of you. And you're, you're running workshops, courses?
1: Everything. So we're doing, uh, we do workshops. We're actually, uh, I guess I can talk about now, we're trying to do some things. Historical African martial arts is one of my main things. I want to become an expert in sword, uh, historical African martial arts. Um, Devon Stith, and who you had on before is my mentor. Saw him online on the internet, and then I was like, "Oh, this guy's so cool!" Uh, I'll reach out to him, and he talked back to me. And then I saw him at other events, and he's been teaching me about things. Um, I love the show. Uh, you guys a little. I have my yeah. all. I have is my trainer right now. Yeah. Uh, but because my other stores are actually Marquette, which is part of the thing, we got invited to a physics experiment at Marquette University, which is a university in Wisconsin. And they're finding out the physics, the mass of swords, which you can know, but then the center of balance of swords. Because when you go to museums, they don't always tell you where the center of balance is. Like you and I know what a certain sword is made for. You can look at it and you're like, this is a thrust, this is cut, this slashes. But they don't tell that to the general public. So this professor, who's a friend of mine from the SCA, said, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And of course, I'm like, yeah, yes, <laughs> I would love to do this. And I went last weekend out there. I brought them around 15 different swords, some bohurt swords, some rapiers, some African weapons, some uh, ancient African weapons, like so, a trombosh from the Congo, my trainer hotel, katanas. I mean, all these things I've amassed. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was a really cool project. So we're really doing everything, honestly. Um, that being said, we want to teach a kid's class next year called Camp Wakanda. So we're going to start working on that.
0: Camp Wakanda. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully Disney doesn't sue us, or if not, we'll change it to camp. I don't know, something. But I uh, really want to do some more Hama stuff there. And it's kind of like Fiore. I don't know if you're familiar, obviously, all the sword stuff. We're kind of recreating the things for the African culture. Like, I don't know if it'll be published, but I want to make uh, Hama have, like, five animals, or you can do whatever you want. Uh, like, think about, like, the rhino and its perseverance, or just things like that. Mm-hmm. Trying to... Write the culture because that's the hardest thing about Hama is there isn't a lot of written culture. Um, there's a lot of oral culture. There's a lot of um, sometimes from just pictures, but there's not all these manuscripts written down. Mm-hmm. So as Damon said once before, people need to pressure test it. You get a, a plastic chotel. you then get someone to make you a metal trainer chotel, and then you use it safely in an uh, environment. And then you write down your documentation, you video it, and then you write books. It's it, it makes it seem so simple, right? It's not that simple. I still haven't written my first book yet, but yeah. that's really what it takes.
0: I mean, there, there was no written tradition. There was an oral tradition. But now we've got the chance mm. to capture it. And, uh, exactly. and record now of what we're doing now. It's so a really exactly. exciting time uh, to, to be doing this stuff. Um, yeah. So when you're doing the Wandering Sword project, are you uh, just... Focusing on any particular uh, region or style, or you know, are you doing karma, are you doing Hema, or, or, when do you we, know, or are you doing a combination oh, of things?
1: Um, it's a little summation of things. Um, however, that can get really confusing, right? So, whenever we go to a thing to do a thing, we try to normally have a focus point. Mm-hmm. However, if someone, I will never turn anyone around in a way that wants to learn sort of knowledge. And then if I don't know it, I'll point them in the direction of somebody who does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we might go to teach a ham seminar, but then someone might ask about some long sword stuff. And obviously during the seminar, we won't do that. But after that, we'll be like, hey, we can talk to you about some more of that and get you into some other classes or uh, Kyle's more the HEMA instructor. I'm, I am guess you'd say a lower rank HEMA instructor because I know basic principles, uh, some German is more my style, along with some Italian. Um, I still need to work on my vocabulary because that's the hardest thing about trying to be, I guess, quote unquote, the sword avatar. There's so many languages to speak and they all roughly most of the time they mean the same thing. There are some things that are different because of the weapon or it doesn't, the other one doesn't do it, but most of the time they mean the same thing. And then you, you be respectful for us. Always you say the thing that it is in that culture. And then you can say it in English or whatever culture you're talking to somebody, but it's all rolling around in my head. And it's like, well, oh, let me just look at a book. I know this for real, but I forgot the word for this part. Cause it's just so much. So we try to keep it specific. Um, but then that being said, we go around to try and try to do everything, or at least someone in our group tries to do everything. Because yeah. even though we're the three founders, we have friends of the Wandering Sword. Like if you ever wanted to do some things, we'd be like, "Oh, if you come to the U.S. and the part like The Wandering Sword sponsoring this, we verify her as like, even though it's your own accreditation that's made you amazing, but yeah. you know, networking and everything. Like, no, she's awesome, and they're like, "Well, I like the Wandering Sword, so if they respect her, respect her, then I'll respect her, oh.
0: uh,
1: or whatever." So. Does that answer that's the question? That's a
0: brilliant initiative, because, like, oh, thank people you. are always going, oh, oh, I wish there was something like this near me, but you're, like, bringing the thing to the people. Uh, you uh-huh. you know, go around spreading it around, inspiring people. Hopefully people will, you know, start their own clubs, start their own study.
1: Yeah, that's the whole. And Knights of Wakanda, thank you. Love you guys. That's our All People of Color uh, Bohurt group, which is really cool if they're awesome. And then someone before said that my experience is my black belt. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I believe it, but then I also still want to get a black belt. So then it's like certifications or school, uh, especially when you get into our sword field. Um, a lot of us are sword nerds. Some of us do have actual classic, uh, not saying classic, college uh, degrees or everything. And that's what makes us more valid, especially in a culture where they're going to look at sword stuff no matter what. And no one's this bad, and I don't mean bad, sorry, never said, no one's this, everyone knows what a lightsaber is mostly, and they're not going to uh, confuse that with a longsword, even though styles can be close, but mm-hmm. people know these things. But then when you get to other different types that are completely different, and they're like, mm-hmm. well, they're all the same, and that's when accreditation makes a, makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's myself. Like, I'm working on my, uh, finishing up my minor right now in uh, anthropology with a minor in African studies, then i are working on my bachelor's for uh, anthropology and African studies, and then we'll see where we go. I definitely want to finish my bachelor. I've been, I used to want to do physical therapy and then after COVID I was like, I changed my mind. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of going around.
0: Yes. And, it's all kind yeah. of related to your swords, I guess.
1: Exactly. So the more and more I do things, I'm like, if I can do this and make it worth swords, that's the best. Cause I love my parents and everything, but they'd always be like, why are you doing sword stuff? And now, now they, now they love it. And they think it's awesome. But uh, I'm like, now trying to be like, well, this is part of my job. My job is sort of stuff. And they're like, is it really, though? I'm like, stop it, parents. It is. It is. Yes. Oh.
0: <laughs> is it really?
1: Though? <laughs> yeah, I it like, is it really? Though? It's funny because my dad grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is where Marquette is. So mm-hmm. I think, I mean, he's always been proud of this last part. But now I, me teaching and helping near a university where he grew up, to, grew up from, he's kind of like, that's my son. He won't tell me that. But he's like, oh, you're doing good. I think You're it's
0: son. really hard to um to get parental uh, kind of approval for mm-hmm. Cause like i think the thing that draws people towards swords does go back to childhood does go back to like those little kids with sticks hitting each other yeah. i mean every every yeah. time you sort of people see a sword and they pick it up they do sort of return to that childhood euphoria like joyful moment of you know playing with swords and seeing swords on mo- in movies and then playing with them it does yeah. tap into that but i think you know so it's, it's a real thing i don't know i i think as adults practicing sword play sometimes it can be hard to get our loved ones to understand our hobby and take it ser- seriously um you know, if in, in your case you've got legit, like this is my job, and even then, your parents are mm-hmm. like, is it really that?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love my little brother. i was trying to get him to work for me on some parts, but like not for free at all. Like pay him and some things. So like, will you really be able to pay him and stuff? Like, this is how much money we're bringing in this part. He's doing the editing. He's doing video stuff. It's a real thing, mm. and it's hard to get some part because you have to go past that validation. And as you know, sword stuff, uh, people will be easy to think it's really cool or really dismiss it and that can deflate your your sword high sometimes but you just got to be like i'm doing a cool thing i really like this especially when we start getting a historical there's no one can fault you on that because you're doing things that people did at one time and you're doing it in your own way sometimes or like them either way yeah so. I,
0: th- I think it can be yeah i think it's important to let your loved ones know how important it is to you and it isn't just a silly hobby. Um, yes. People can be people can be quite dismissive of people's uh, pursuits. And yeah. this isn't, in, in a lot of cases, it isn't just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. It's a passion. Yes. You know? um, yeah.
1: Like Golden so, Triangle said, it's like, I hope it's a real or they said, sorry, that uh, I hope it's a real job because I'm paying income tax on it. So, yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, you get job. famous singers whose parents are still like, when are you going to get a real job, kind of thing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, millionaires
1: you know um, exactly you're like when do i not, how many more millions do i have to get or what is it what is it that's that qualifier but yeah. you got to find the happiness in yourself just like most things yeah but with swords i think we're getting to a critical mass to where i mean because of game of thrones because of video game culture because of i mean there's all bads on both sides right but yeah. it's becoming more of a common point um the witcher every people have no idea what the witcher was sometimes they watch it and they're like i get this it's this awesome so sword culture is being accepted a lot more and people are actually starting to look for more authenticity or just anything or just recreation, because it doesn't have to be all about authenticity. It can be just the sword fitness. You can pick up a sword, which I actually, one of the TAs at Marquette who was helping us, the teacher's assistants. She was looking at the stuff and she's like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like how long did it take Kyle? Kyle was doing like a Kata spinny thing. And she was like, how long would it take you to get there from, like, ground zero? I'm like, mm, maybe six months if you practice diligently every day. And she's like, really? I was like, pick up a sword. And, like, one of the non-sharp swords. And we, like, I'll teach you how to just do a sword swing, turn your wrist, just basic things. And then later I'm like, I saw that twinkle in your eye. Be right back. And I came back with a plastic Tacoba and gave it to her. She's like, what? Are you sure? I'm like, yes. Like, I'd much rather give a sword to someone who's actually going to use it and learn and practice. And that just makes it. That's what it's all about. And then yeah. the other TA saw that, and she's like, could I have a sword too? I'm like, yes, yes, you may have a sword too. Yes. So it was fun. Yes, spreading the sword. sword. <laughs> exactly.
0: I love that. That that twinkle in the eye, I, I that moment, I love that moment when you give someone a sword who hasn't done swords before, and you, you, you literally see a switch turn on Yeah. in their, in their eye. It's just like, you just see it uh and it's a really magical moment i love that moment um especially
1: when you get to unlock oh sorry go ahead go
0: ahead no no go ahead
1: no i say especially when you get to unlock that door like that was locked for whatever reason because someone told them someday like you can't play with this or adults don't do this and they're like wait i can so that's really cool
0: yeah it's it's that permission to do the thing you want you've always wanted to do yes It's, uh, it's a huge deal Um
1: everyone needs it. Like me before oh my gosh, 2017 before I was the sword avatar. Oh no, skate. Her word's not mine. I'm not I'm not talking myself up. Um I was Oh well thank (laughs) you. Um when I was talking to Damon for the first time, I picked him up from the airport and I was bringing him to an event that we were doing and he was talking about like, just do it. Just do the thing. And I'm like, but am I qualified? And was like he's like, you understand enough that you're not gonna teach something that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. And then you're humble enough to be like, I don't know right now, but let me find the answer. And it's gone from here now to where that's what I'm doing. So that's just four years ago. I mean, great, I've been doing sports stuff for now, like, you know, 20-something years. But it, that switch to actually going and actually doing the things can sometimes just take some positive reinforcement.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it does. And it, it People talk about uh, imposter syndrome quite a lot. Like, you feel like a fake or you feel like a fraud. Even... Mm-hmm you know, even when you look back at all your, you know, years of experience, like, I'm still don't mm-hmm. think I'm qualified to do this. It's like, well, who is? Yeah. <laughs> who is the person? It's you. You're the person, you know? It's like when that, when you're yeah. looking around for the, for an adult and then you realize you're the adult. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's still a scary thing. You're like, oh no. And, and then the more to the point also on that, and I agree with you hundred percent, is that if you don't do it, or if that's what you want to do. The passion, part, someone else is going to do it, and there's always going to be someone else that doesn't know what they're talking about, but they're going to have the confidence that they do. Ooh. And we see that, especially in the martial arts world. Um, I don't know if you have anyone ever seen Mick Dojo stuff, where you watch Mick Dojo and they're just doing things that don't work fundamentally. Um, mm-hmm. I don't bash on things often, but there's some things you look at that you're like, that's. Not practical, and you're teaching people something like there's no way you can just be like whoop, 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 and then the person flies back five feet like no one's that strong. It's,
0: yeah, it's, yeah, it's a scam. At that point, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. So, Wandering Sword of Project, the stuff you're doing at mm-hmm. universities, uh, what what is your you know you said it's all you, you've got all these different you know things that you do, and you you plan mm-hmm. everything out so that you've got mm-hmm. enough time to do all the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm.
1: What are your your long-term goals? All right. Long-term goals. Like I said, I want to have fought or taught in every single state in the United States. I would like to visit every continent. Um, But especially when I come to Europe, I definitely want to come to the UK and do some things. Like I have you and some other friends. I was like, it'd be cool to actually just meet. Um, I also want to publish my first book on the Chotel. Sometime next year, I'm trying to like do little writing bits on it. I'm hopefully going to Africa either sometime next year to go to different regions, and actually get some word of mouth from some people. Um, Cause when my brother goes there every now and then um, for my bow hurt slash maybe HEMA wise, I want to do, I want to become a longsword champion of the world, uh, which is why I've been doing a lot more bow hurt stuff lately. Um, I fought in the ACS tournament, which is nice. And I got one in Colorado. I got one gold medal so far well in longsword and then in reno i got the bronze which was awesome though i lost to a person uh steven cumby <laughs> who is an awesome individual and he was at imcf champions world champion uh ships i think 4 years ago or so and he got fourth in the world in longsword so to lose to him is no i don't feel bad about it it just makes me want to train more which is great mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to do that so I mean if I don't win I don't win but I want to make it to worlds at least at least represent the US uh, other than that I want to see the Water New Sword grow um, I'd like to have it become a full job to where my non-for-profit's actually working uh, maybe have different chapters uh, just spread the gospel of sword more and other than that keep on meeting cool individuals such as yourself Fran and just talk about more sword stuff and yeah. get people their dreams right yeah
0: Oh, you got me all fired up now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, I'm just going to say, speak to the folks at home. There's nine of you watching. Mm. Unfortunately, Instagram is not showing me the comments. I think you can see them, Spencer. Oh, no. Yeah, I
1: can see them. Some, I've been trying to uh, respond to them as they came.
0: I can't I see I hope them. I
1: wasn't talking over Uh
0: I might have to ask you to look at any questions that come up. But, um, sure. So, there's 11 folks at home watching right now. Um If you want to ask Spencer about anything, like whether it's Hama, Hima, Boha, Reenactment, SCA, JSA, Samurai stuff, uh, please, uh, if you look at the bottom of your phone, on the screen there's a a, a question mark, hit that button, type in your question, and we will read it out. Um, So... Uh, yeah, do that because I can't see the comments, but if anyone comments, then I'm going to have to ask you to look at them, Spencer, because I, I I can't see it's hidden from me. Um, no worries. So a couple more questions from me. Um, sure. What, you know, out of all your experiences, your, your sort of long journey that you're still on, there's, there's still got a lot of journey to go, um, mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. the most important lesson that you've learned?
1: Uh I mean, there's so many things you could say, right? Always be humble. There's always a bigger fish. But I learned that earlier in my SCA, or not SCA, but just martial arts career. Um, I think one of the biggest things is that someone's always watching. And I've had little kids come up to me that are really excited for what I do. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm kind of an extrovert. But there are times of, like, I want to be introverted. Like, after you're just like, I'm just too much. But you have to let your... Worst day, be somebody's best, right? Like you have to try to do your best because you're someone's first example of a source person. Um, Sometimes they just have a question, You may be too tired, but sometimes when you're out there doing things, you have to try to help them out a little bit or at least get someone who can Um, because when you don't have enough energy, yeah, you should like not jeopardize that. But knowing that you can inspire people and not doing it for the reason. So I am cool. I'm known as the number one, this stuff that, oh, man, I reached out to another person that maybe would not would have done sword stuff. Or uh, doing something nice. I, mean, I know this is like now getting into multiple things. I got one more uh, that was really big. At this last uh, Bohurt Expo in Reno, Nevada, um, which is called, uh, uh, yeah, Nevada, uh, there was some swords stolen from a strongman and a powerlifter competition. It was their, like, prize best of show. And someone just came and stole them because at this expo it was like an arnold classic where they had all these types of things going on um and they got their swords stolen and i got a chance to know some of people were running it and they asked me like hey did you see anything because you guys were there fixing the bohurt list at night I'm like we don't really know i'm sorry this is horrible but i felt so bad i was like hey get the manager uh or the person running the show and let them know i'll give them three hand axes to replace that so at least they can go home with something and that was just enough yeah it was just enough kindness that they're like you're really going to do this for us i'm like yeah my friend bought hand axes i'll just buy them from him they're not that much uh but for people that have traveled all over the world to come Mm -hmm. and do this competition and not get something cool especially when it has to deal with weapons Mm -hmm. like we i want to help that and show that we're all a community that wants to do something together and that was one of the coolest things just being caring and compassion within your ability
0: yeah that's awesome that is like you know that's just like these people are going to be disappointed, and there's something I can do to stop that disappointment or re- minimize that disappointment. Uh, yeah. So that's that's a really awesome thing to do. And that, Thank you. That that, that compassion across c- across uh, disciplines is something that we need more of in the world. I think.
1: Yeah, because um, otherwise we won't be respected. Um, even if if we don't receive it, you got to give it back. Doesn't mean you always turn the other cheek. Sometimes you're like, hey, enough is enough, but at least yeah. you try to. Yeah. Um. Oh, and we had some La uh, Negro Rosso. Um, yes. They said, What is the most difficult thing that you find teaching a person about sword work? Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I think the most difficult thing would be, and this is not being mean or not, there are some people that are not kinesthetically inclined. They're not used to their bodies moving, they're, they're just starting, which is fine. You can get there, you can learn. Yeah. But that can be one of the hardest things when they don't know how to move their body and stuff, so you have to break it down. You yeah. can't just keep on saying the same thing over and over. Hey, just do this, just do this. You're like, okay, take this cup, and then if you were to do this, which everyone can pour it out, and now take the sword and now do that. I mean, that's not really an example, but you have to keep on thinking in different ways to teach
0: yeah.
1: something. Because if you keep on saying the same thing and they don't understand it, they're not going to understand it the louder and the, the slower you say it. There's,
0: uh, different, le- there's different learning styles. But Mm -hmm. also, uh, a lot of us as adults haven't done any movement, like serious moving our bodies regularly since we were little kids. And a lot of, I think, is just reacquainting ourselves with our bodies and how they move. If you're a dancer, if you're a martial artist, you know how your body moves. And that's why those folks pick things up quite quickly. But if you all the way back to uh, how to move, I mean, like you said, it can be done, but you're having to Mm -hmm. start you know, you're going to have to put another sort of layer of fundamentals in before exactly and all that other stuff on top of it.
1: And there are some teachers that are just not good. Cause I mean, I used to be a personal trainer by trade before I wanted to be a physical therapist. And then lots some people, some people would just try to do the drill sergeant thing. And I'm prior military, but you can't do the drill sergeant on people that don't respond to that. You have to ask like, what's the way you learn, um, which takes a lot of insight to actually ask someone, how do you think you learn? And then teach them other learning styles. Maybe or uh, yeah, that's that's the hard part about it, right?
0: Yeah, a uh, couple of questions here in the box. Let's have a look. Okay. Up. Uh, Golden Triangle. This is Aaron, who was my guest last well, last mm. time. Any plans to oh, nice. Canada?
1: Oh, Oh, you better believe it. No, I'd love to come to Canada. Um, not just because of my SCA connections, since uh, I know a lot of people from the SCA, but I know some. You know, friends, I believe Christian Tobler is Canada, too. Um, him and Scott Farrell were training buddies. And, I mean, he's like the grandfather of Longsword and all these so many things. And he said he'd love to hang out sometime. So I'd love to do that. I know uh, Academy Duello up there. But, no, I definitely would love to come up to Canada. Like, that's the best thing about the Wandering Sword project, right? Or at least having the moniker that. Um, golden Triangle is that you get to, if you're not wandering, I'm not, I'm not doing good enough. So I would love to come to Canada. Like shoot me a message. There you go, Aaron. Put him up. Give him,
0: a, give him your couch to sleep on. Let him
1: come. Yeah. Together. I cook. I clean. I'm not a mooch. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh,
0: next one. Also from uh, Aaron again, Golden Triangle Fencing. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your favorite historical an- anecdotes that you've picked up mm-hmm. from your study? Oh,
1: that's a hard one. Um, I think I need to write more things down <laughs> because the more things I learned from so many different disciplines and cultures, you find a lot that they just apply. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I love this one, I love this one, I love this one. Um, like I'm trying to think of, Fran, what's, do you know any of yours off the top of the head? Like uh, do you mean I, I'm
0: not sure if Aaron means anecdotes from stuff that you've experienced in your lifetime, or or historical stories, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, Either
1: or, um, historically wise, uh, it's really there's been some really cool African martial art anecdotes as far as uh, things that would go towards determination or just um, perseverance, which are things that we can all need. Uh, But more and more as I get into the cultures, especially trying to do some more of my culture, uh, it's nice to find those things that help me be like, oh, maybe my ancestors did this. However, I don't care what your skin color or what your uh, gender, sex is, or what part. Like, you can learn something from everybody, and it's not exclusively mine. I was not actually there. So it's cool to me, but it's not something that I have specifically. So there's a lot of cool hammer, anecdotes. Uh, I'm sorry that I don't have them off the top of my head. My mind's just kind of like, oh, tells <laughs> me some of the good things. Ta-da. Something yeah. I was
0: talking to uh, uh, a friend about earlier today, now I'll think about it, is like, um, it's from this book here, uh, which is uh, Dueling Stories of the 16th Century by a guy called Brad mm. Tom, who's just a chronicler of all the kind of duels and the ridiculous, stupid things that happened in duels. Uh,
1: yes.
0: Cruel, to ridiculous, and and some one of the things uh, that was were prohibited in duels in in Europe um, mm-hmm. was uh, symbols, magic symbols.
1: Oh.
0: So you couldn't have a a, a magic symbol on you, uh, hidden on your person, because that would give you hmm. an unfair advantage in a duel. So yeah. some people go to the trouble of having magic symbols tattooed on their scalp. Hidden yeah, in the like... air. So that yeah, it's like it's like the equivalent sixteenth century equivalent of being uh, a drugs cheat.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> I'm cheating with magic. First. Um so those are some some, some weird uh, anecdotes. There's a there's a whole book of them. Yeah. Dueling stories of the sixteenth century by Bran Tom. Um
1: I'll have to have you type that to me sometime that's really yeah. super cool. And there are, it makes me think about some of African cultures because there's a lot of mysticism slash a lot of animism. Um, Christianity wasn't brought to it till later at that point. So there's a lot of more the strength yep. of this animal helped me or the strength of my ancestors. So it's very interesting to see what we believe in as humans. And yet we make a rule against it. We're like, hey, I'm not... And, and it's funny because some versions might be like, I don't believe in this, but just in case it does, yeah, don't, don't bring it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean... So the, the mysticism and the, and the mysticism and religion and science all kind of went hand in hand. You know, there wasn't mm-hmm. much separation. It's like, you can't do that. That's illegal. That mag- You can't have magic in a duel. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> or, or you can pray to God, but you can't have magic, you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and like, okay.
0: Just in case it does work. Um, yeah. A <laughs> couple more questions here in the box. Um, sure. Oh, here's one. Here. La Negro rosso What is your favorite weapon? And what is your most difficult weapon to work with?
1: My most favorite weapon is definitely the shotel I love it. Ever since I first saw it, I'm like, this is, first of all, it's different. It's curved and really cool. Wow. So, too, if I was to use it in real life and fight with it. And also, experts, there are some experts, uh, I'm not going to have to call it names because it was just more articles, but they're like, this was not used in combat at all. It was pr- purely a, uh, uh, a status weapon. And I'm like... I don't believe that at all for how heavy it is and how it was. I think it just takes a lot of practice to use it. There are definitely African weapons and other weapons in general that are ceremonial, but this is not one. Um, that being said, it was also kind of my hardest one to learn because I had to figure it out. But if I was to bring this to a real sword fight and you see this curved sword, if you hesitate for a little bit and I know what I'm going to do, I'll cut them down or do that part because that little bit of just intimidation or not being, I don't know what's going to happen would give me an advantage. Um, so I think that's really cool. But the hardest weapon to use oh sorry go ahead
0: no no go on. go ahead
1: and the hardest weapon there's a, a japanese weapon since i love yasuke the african samurai and that's why i based a lot of my culture on and learning about that there's a japanese weapon uh it's actually on my instagram i just posted it it was uh one of the things we're weighing and marquette it's a giant it's uh what's it called a, a nagamaki tomodachi so it's not a nodachi. i thought it was a nodachi, but my one friend that's really into japanese told me because like the handle like, the actual handle where you're holding it is, like, this long. And the blade, though, is still, like, four feet long. So this is, like, a six-foot weapon, and it's not like a wall hanger one. This one is heavy and legit and cut. But I tried cutting bamboo with it, which is really super hard to cut um, if you don't have the edge alignment. And a lot of times it's just, like, boom, or wouldn't do right because I don't know – having that big of a handle confuses me, and it's a little bit different because I want to – like, long swords, you know, we have handles maybe this big where you can still do... But having that big of a handle and trying to draw cut was like, ugh. I've only messed with it, like, you know, three times a year or so, because I live in the, the city now, so I can't just go out and take swords in the backyard as much as I want to. Um, oh. But that's probably hard, so it's a Nagamaki. Nagamaki. It's,
0: it's the
1: hardest I've to so find. huge, <laughs> huge sword, a
0: uh, Japanese sword. Um, no. Mm-hmm. Go, just going back to the showtel, like, you've done a lot of... Uh it being ha- just being halloween just recently you- you've done a lot mm-hmm. of uh, pumpkin cutting with the showtel and uh yes showboating with the showtel so i uh, i think you've convinced me that it's not a, a status weapon it's it's very practical mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you. Th- those of us who might not be familiar with, with what the show tell is, is it's, like a, it's a curved uh, sword. Um, yeah. holding one up now, so it's, it's sharp on both sides. Is that correct?
1: Correct, correct.
0: So you can cut with both sides. It's very curved. Uh, and what region uh, uh, does it come from?
1: This one's from Ethiopia, but it would have been when it was Abyssinia. So it was before, I think, 1142, before the French came and colonized it. So it was actually before it became Ethiopia. So it's an Abyssinian chotel, and they don't always have the same curvature. There's some that are a little. Oh, oh thank you, Jig says. Uh, I was trying to make good cuts, oh. uh, but um, yeah. So it was around that time. Uh, I still haven't bought an actual authentic one yet. I have a friend that owns one, but he lives all the way in Philly, and I haven't really had a chance to look at it. Uh, I would like to get an authentic one sometime, but they're around anywhere from four hundred to like you know it, up. Uh, and they're hard to find. I mean, I think the most one I saw was 4,000. But mm. I want one sometime. Uh, I like the one that has that kind of curve. Because if you ever go and watch Damon Stith, uh, mm. it's on, uh, I think it's Deadliest Weapon. Mm. It's not Deadliest Warrior, this one. Deadliest Weapon Showtell. He's doing a documentary slash reality TV show with Danny Trejo, the guy from Machete. Mm. Yeah and uh has like millions of views and he's doing demonstrations of the cuts like around a shield and this one uh stunt woman uses it to try to cut a tube and she almost cuts all the way through it which is really cool um which i think you could have cut through it for him because her edge alignment was off just a little bit (laughs) and i'm like i'm like that was no the edge alignment she just swung really hard but anyway um it still was really impressive and really cool but yeah check that out deadliest weapon shotel and he also then, talks about the Kopesh as well.
0: The Okay, cool. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is my final question for you, just to wrap up. Sure. Uh, what is the best thing about the SWORD community?
1: Uh, the best thing about the SWORD community is how loving and how caring it truly is. Uh, people such as yourself, true martial artists, uh, a lot nice. of our viewers as well, I'm sure, they understand that the world is broad. They understand that it's impossible to know everything. They understand that people most of the time have the best intentions. And that covers into combat when actually we do practice. I mean, yeah, you, sometimes you have that, that time where you actually hit somebody too hard and you, you apologize or you should, um, especially in practice. Like, you know, when you get to bow hurt and other ones where that part, yeah, you can hit as hard as you want. I still don't like to do that as much personally because I think you can always win with finesse. I'm a big – I'm six foot four. 280 pounds right now like i can swing really really hard but i choose not to um so it's interesting there uh at least right now like there might be some times where i have to do stuff and i'm like okay i need to change the tactics where you're actually since it's like a boxing match uh which is not always as glamorous but as far as research and actually figuring out how much the armor does protect and some people will say oh that's brutish and that, i'm like historical fighting was not pretty And this will be the closest I ever get to be like, all right, I'm going there. This person stepped in the ring or we may. We know we're not trying to kill each other. There are rules. Don't hit the back of the knees. Let's sit there. But I'm going to swing as hard as I can to see what happens. And Mm -hmm. I'm accepting that that happens to me too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I personally do not go out with malicious intent though. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's the best thing about the community is people put themselves out there and we're slowly growing. We're getting known to the world. It's, I want to meet everyone that loves swords. It's just fun. Yay, more swords. Yeah. I, one question for you. Ooh. What is your favorite thing about the sword community? Because I want to hear about Jareth on that one.
0: My favorite thing about the sword community uh, is just the, the the generous generosity of spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, we're both kind of on the same page here where it's just, you know, mm-hmm. people are so passionate about what they do. Like in your case, it is a case of I love swords and I want everyone else to be able to love them too. Uh, mm-hmm. that generosity of just sharing their passion, sharing their knowledge, sharing their time with one another. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think martial arts is kind of naturally, a, a com- can be a very confrontational um, sphere. But mm-hmm. I think more often than not, people are more about coming together and just vibing and, you know, doing the thing that they love and trying to get more people into it because it's such a, it's a kind of like a parallel universe, uh, it feels like at times, because we've got no money. We we're all doing this for love. <laughs> That's <was> so hard. <laughs> That's so hard. We don't get paid for this. We just do it because we love it. You know, we've got, no, mm-hmm. we got no advertising budget. We've just got the internet and each other and, you know, we do everything we can to make it work and, and we, we somehow do
1: So, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you.
0: And uh, that just leaves me to say, Spencer Waddell, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you.
1: Thank you. Likewise. Take care and wander on.
0: Wander on. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To show your appreciation, please give us a five star review on your podcast platform or support our work by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash swordwomen. Go to at swordwomen on Instagram to see upcoming interviews, or visit bythesword.net to learn about our events, or visit our Facebook page, by the sword